In the Reading Corner today, I'm thrilled to have as my guest, Elizabeth Uwe-Binene. Uh, she studied politics and international studies at the University of Warwick and then worked as a marketing manager in the city. Out of this experience was born the book, co-authored with Yome Edijoke, uh, the best-selling book, Slay in Your Lane, a life guide for young Black British women. In 2018, she was the recipient of the Marie Claire Future Shaper Award. And now Elizabeth and Yomi have teamed up again with their first book in a middle grade series, The Offline Diaries. It's a story about friendship and loyalty revolving around school and home. And it's told through a mix of diary entries and social media conversations. Elizabeth, welcome. And my first question is that you already have a very successful career in business and in writing. So what prompted you to write for a younger audience? It came off like a natural progression from my first book, actually, Slaying Lane, where it was all about, you know, empowering and inspiring young Black British women. And we were like, you know, young ourselves. So we asked successful Black British women how they slaved in their lanes essentially but we would often be met with like questions like oh are you guys going to a children's book the younger generation need something like this and um and things like that and we were like well we don't know if we're going to create slaying your lane but a, a younger version we just it didn't feel right for us so we took our time to kind of really like if we did a children's book what would it feel like what would it sound like what what would it be um and for us it would just be about friendship because when it's all said and done, uh, Yomi and I are best friends. We've known each other since we were 18 and we are, we're like, we're like sisters. So we think that friendship is such a universal, I guess, experience. Um, and we were like, that's, that's what we want to write about. Um, we've, we've all been kids. We've all been children. We've all experienced the fallouts as children as well as adults. So we were like, let's, let's write a story that feels, that feels true to who, who we are um and also let's write something that's relevant for kids who are you know in year seven like what's relevant like social media like what are the pressures of like growing up now that you know that we didn't have and and things like that so it, it was we had like one conversation people think this is crazy we had like one conversation <laughs> and then we ended up writing it later so it was very but again like everything me and Yomi do it's so seamless. Like we don't really overthink things. We always really on the same page and, and things like that. So it felt like a very natural progression. So this story is told from two perspectives. We've got Addy and Shanice who strike up a close friendship at the beginning of the story. I wondered if you could introduce us to those girls and tell us a little bit about how they come to be so close. So they meet in a hair shop. So they meet in Shanice's dad's um, hairdressers and they realise that they have like very similar diaries. Um, so Shanice calls her as a journal because uh, she thinks she's a bit, you know, a bit, bit above calling it a diary. And Ade calls her as a diary and it's all, um, it's pink and it's got flowers on, it's all embellished and it's very girly. Uh, and they kind of like have that bond of writing and they write for different reasons. So Shanice is experienced of bereavement. Her mum passed away. We don't really, we, we kind of touch upon that, but we don't really go into like the backstory, but we kind of talk about how she deals with that as well. Um, but she deals a bit with like writing and kind of writing down her ideas. And she's got this teacher who says, you know, like, you know, your ideas are going to change the world someday. And then Ade is a, more of a kind of like sulky, like teen, like that kind of vibe where she just, it's, she writes about, um, you know, 
everything like just what's going on and stuff like that like so she's also going through family changes at home her her mom uh, is married a new person so they're both going through different things but they seek solace in each other um but also through writing these in these journals and diaries so yeah that's how they kind of really have that bond and I was really interested in um how this was written uh you do take the diary format and we we learn about this through the two girls diary entries the offline diaries but then we also have their communication with a social media platform which is quite alien to me, but obviously not to the young uh, people that are going to be reading these books. And then I was interested in how that allowed a different kind of perspective on this story. Now, the question, I suppose, is how did you come to decide to write it like that? And as co-authors, did you, I'm just interested, did you write the different girls? <laughs> Yomi is Ade and I'm Shanice. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, people, I think surely is like when it comes to writing and our kind of like writing partnership and how we've been able to do it, it's so seamless again. Like, and I don't need, need to keep banging the drum of like things being seamless, but not saying mm-hmm. things are challenging and can be challenging. But I think that we are, we work so well together when it comes to um, taking different parts of, 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 of a writer's, of a writing journey of, of a book. So when we thought, okay, how can we write a children's book fiction like that while writing it together? Like this is a big challenge. How do we do this? And we were just like, well, why don't we do it in diaries? Because you take one character, I take one character. And yes, it's going to be quite challenging because unlike nonfiction, we can't write in isolation because one chapter leads into another. So Yomi wrote hers first because <laughs> she's prolific. And so she wrote all Ade's. We had like an outline of what the story is going to be. So we had an initial conversation, we had like one conversation. Then she went away and wrote all uh, Ade's bit. Um, so 20,000 words, like she just, she, she kind of like wrote all the different, different bits. And then I went in and then I wrote all Shanita's entries in response to all of Ade's. And again, like there were one or two things that felt, okay, we, we may need to change this because now this doesn't, you know, totally work. But in a grand scheme of things, it just felt, it felt so natural. Um, and I think the format felt, the format felt, because it's interesting because it's all about diaries and journaling and, and diaries and writing. Yet what we're talking about, you know, is social media and that world. So it's interesting how we've been able to kind of like have this multimedia approach because yes, it's convenient because it's two of us. So it makes sense for us to do that logistically, but it's also very relevant for this audience. This audience, yes, has a proximity to, to you know, the online world that we just, we just never did. So it felt true that, that there's no, we didn't have to force anything because the reality is people that, you know, middle grade is still right. They and they they write diaries and they kind of express themselves through the written words. So I think the basis of offline diaries is essentially told through that form because it genuinely is, is you know the most relevant. So we've got these two voices that you wrote separately. Fascinating process. Then where did the chat back bit fit into that? So the chat back conversations, which is this like made up platform that we created in this world of Ad Engineers, where it's a mixture of, you know, TikTok versus uh, Instagram, that sort of social media platform. And those coming later, because those serve a particular purpose in, in the kind of fallout between Shanice and Ade. 
so those bits those bits were written in a very because they had different p- perspectives so obviously Ade you know has a different relationship with the most popular girls in school and then Shanice who has always been there doesn't really partake in that so those yeah so those the the, the social media element comes in later because that's where the friction like really comes in and, and comes alive mm-hmm. and you've taken us to you know the real nub of this story which is there mm. are popular girls in the school and there are people who are in and people who are out and Addie who is new to the school um is sort of taken under the wing of these popular girls and is taken in by them and consequently keeps her friendship with Shanice secret and it uh-huh. still continues on the social media but she doesn't really want it to be so public in school there is one point early on in the story where they're told that they will be spending five years uh, with their classmates (laughs) and this is what happens in school isn't it we spend five years of our time with people who may not be our people and we have so much lack of power in choosing who we want to be with when we're at school exactly and there's that element of like we're all kind of stuck here for five years and those five years can be one of the most you know happiest and um parts of you know your childhood your memories or can be very um difficult so we kind of had to acknowledge that like with life we all we all have to kind of work through some things that are quite unpleasant and get on with people which is which is what as an adult now that's the reality right and we kind of like try to make a nod to what life is like, really. And we just, yeah. So I think that was very much important for us to acknowledge that. I think you're so right. But I think somehow in school, it's much more intense because somewhere along the line, you start to choose pathways for yourself, like um, yeah. the kind of work you end up doing. You are likely to be with more like minded people. But in those early secondary years, you have no choice at all in a way. Um, and, and you're always with people of the same age. That doesn't happen to us as adults. We can mix with people of all ages. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that was just really important for us to make sure that we kind of highlighted. And Because one thing that's really lovely about this story is the friendship element. Because mm. we may go through periods of life where we may not be happy in a particular context or, or whatever, but when you have the right friendships and the right people around you, you are able to kind of get through that. And you should never have to tolerate going through life in that way. But it just further highlights how important real relationships are and people who love and support you. And you see that in the form of like Shanice's relationship with her brother changes a little bit. You know, she's got an older brother, you know, she sees her brother as, you know, as like, oh, he's annoying. And they, they have this kind of very typical dynamic of younger sister, older brother. And when she, her back's up against the wall with, whole, with the whole Ade and, you know, the triple A's in school, mm-hmm. he offers a perspective. So we just try to be as, I think growing up, mm-hmm. I loved and you normally loved Jack and Wilson books. And I look back and I'm like, it was so transformative because what was so powerful about those books was just the realism some books were, you know, there were parts that were gritty and, you know, not the most, unple- the most pleasant, but you learn from them. And I look back and they prepared me for, for like parts of life that I'm still going through right now. So 
I think relationships and personal relationships are such a key theme. There's friendship, there's the relationship with her dad, there's relationship with Ade, her stepdad at the start of the book. She's not, doesn't really get along with him. And then their relationship changes. So there's that real nod again to relationships are really important and friendships are really important. A couple of things that I want to pick up from what you've said there. First of all, can I say that James is turns out to be one of my favourite characters. I love the way that he looks after Shanice when she really needs it and the best in him comes out at that point. I love that. I also love that you mentioned Jacqueline Wilson there because, uh, you know, for listeners to this podcast, this is kind of where your books sit. They feel like, um, you know, a Jacqueline Wilson type book. Of course, it's wholly your own, but uh, they're doing very similar things. I also wanted to pick out, though, when you're talking about people that help us, there are a couple of women in this book that I think are really important. You know, they are potential mentors to these young girls, Auntie Kim and Mrs. P. Yeah. And sometimes we have to look for those adults. You know, as young people, we can tend to not do that, I think. But there are people there that that can help. Oh, absolutely. I had a teacher called Miss Rodriguez, and I wrote about her in my first book, actually, where um, I had spent my my bus money on sweets and and things like that, and I didn't have money to go home. And she lent me money, I'll never forget. Um, And obviously, that was just like a one-off case. But I look back at my life, and there are amazing women who have just been able to uh, help me, teachers, um, especially seeing things in me that I didn't see myself, sometimes being hard on me because obviously you need that to kind of steer you on the right path a little bit. But ultimately, I would never be here where I am right now. And I'm sure Yomi would say the same thing if we didn't have teachers who are invested in us past getting good grades. And I think that was what was really special about writing the relationship with Shanice and Mrs. P because Ada doesn't get that relationship. She's like, oh, fine, she doesn't have a good relationship with Mrs. P. So they don't both have to like like the same um, teacher, but Shanice has that real, is that, what's, what's that story, Matilda? Uh, yeah. I love the relationship with obviously Mrs. Honey and Matilda. Um, and I used to, you know, growing up, I used to fantasize about that relationship because I used to be like, oh, well, you know, when things weren't always great at home, I'd be like, oh, the teacher would just, you know, rescue me and things like that and um and these relationships do you know they they do kind of um they mean a lot to you when you're a kid and you look back and you just go wow how did I get through that and you just remember wow Mr. Rodriguez helped me this teacher helped me Mrs. Johnson told me this and it's always it's always those things I think something else that I really appreciated in your book uh, as somebody who obviously loves books and reading and writing is that there's an homage really to writing uh in here obviously Mm -hmm. we've got the two diaries which are offline they're real diaries they're real books in which the girls hold their thoughts uh their feelings and then later on there's an incident where Addie has to write a letter and that's quite different from the other forms of communication and I'm not going to give too much of the story Mm -hmm. away but I was really interested in what the letter writing could do that the other forms like email and texting couldn't. I really like that question because it's exploring like real communications. Someone listening to this might be like, who sends letters? So not me personally, but Yomi had a fallout of a friend 
Um, I don't think she'll mind me saying. And, you know, this friend was in the wrong and tried to kind of, you know, in various means, get back in contact with Yomi. But obviously she wasn't very much happy to kind of receive that at that point. And I remember the friend asked, the person asked me, like, what, you know, how, what would, what would you do? And I was like, I would maybe send her a letter because there's a real personal, like, element of being sorry um, when you do that. It shows, it shows a real effort has been made. It feels a real remorse. So this person did that and it made a big difference in them becoming friends. They're friends, you know, they're friends to this day. So that is based on real experience. And mm-hmm. we were, what, 27 or something? Addie and Janice are, what, like 12? So it, it's, not a, it's not far-fetched to say that this is not a real mode of, like, communication. And, and I think what's really powerful is because how do you show that you are sorry, like, mm-hmm. It's a text. Is a text enough? Is an email? Is a phone call? Is a there's so many ways like that we communicate with our friends, and so we kind of want to explore it in that way with between Ade and really like bring that to life a little bit. You have to give a letter its attention, don't you? Absolutely, and it just and when it's handwritten as well, not like it's so it's just so personal. Like it's it's almost as if you want to cherish it and keep it's like birthday cards, and it's just, I feel like just because. The world these children are growing up in, everything is digital. And that's that's amazing. Like, make no bones about it, that's amazing. However, we can't beat real human contact, which is handwriting, voice, like hearing someone's voice, like a call. Um, so it's really important young people don't forget that, especially, you know, when it comes to, you know, well-being. It's, it, you know, checking, checking them up on people and building relationships on social media is great. However... I think it's really important that as these kids grow up, that they remember that things that are going to make you feel full and your heart feel full and make you feel warm and make you feel happier are the relationships that you build in your life and the relationships that you invest in that go beyond an emoji. And I think that is really at the heart of what the offline diaries is really, really trying to do. Um, I think that's why it becomes really important. And um, because, yeah, we've got a mental health crisis and, you know, not to, not to be too dark, but that's just a reality. Um, and spending so much time on digital modes of communication does contribute to that. So it's really just important for us to, to highlight that, how powerful it is to build real friendships offline. You've mentioned Jacqueline Wilson already mm. and you're you know, your childhood reading. I do want to ask the question as to whether you were aware as a 12, 13-year-old, were you aware that there were not enough black characters in books that you were reading? Oh, that's such a good question. I was aware of my black woman being a black woman and not some crosses and things like that. But I don't think I was aware about the cat, not a, no, no, not in that way. And that's the thing. Let me, I've got to be like, obviously super, super honest. Like I wasn't aware because I guess you, you don't know what you don't know as well. But I think that's why I'm very, I love Jack and Wilson because yes, you know, race is really important and cultural background is really important when it comes to children's books. However, I say that to also say, and, I, and to also believe that what was so powerful about the Jack and Wilson books is, and this is what we try to replicate the offline diaries is it doesn't matter if you are not black if you are not white like there are very strong themes that you'll be able to resonate with and that was the power of like those books Anne and Shanice are obviously two black girls but they are not the book isn't about race that we don't touch upon it in a way that there's a lesson to be had it's natural and I think it's it's and it's it's seamless they're 
both of them being black girls, you feel it because of the way they talk about their hair. You know, one of the most powerful illustrations in the book is, for me anyway, personally, um, is, that, is them being at the hairdressers and Shanice's dad's hairdressers and, and getting their hair done. Like, I look, when I got the book, I just almost started crying because culture and all of these things and, you know, diversity doesn't, doesn't have to mean trauma. It doesn't have to mean sitting someone down and talking about race and, uh, da, 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 and chapter and verse. It's just a seamless introduction to people's experiences that are different. My hair doesn't grow down. It grows up into an afro. So seeing that should not be in a political statement. And when you're my age, it's not. You just do things because it's like, you know, because your mum says that's the easiest way to wear your hair, you know? So I think for us, with the offline diaries, we didn't want to create, that would have been, I guess, what people would have expected from us, if I'm honest, especially writing Slay Lane. People definitely want us to kind of, kind of write mini versions of that. And I'm happy that we didn't go down that route and we went down a route where it doesn't matter if you are a boy, doesn't matter if, you know, what your, any sort of background is, you will be able to resonate with Adi and Shanice because they're bri- they are brilliant, funny girls that are navigating life and friendships and, 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 and all of these things. And it doesn't matter. And I think that's what we loved about Jacqueline Wilson books. That's what I loved about Illustrated Mom. That's why all these books that have stayed with me. I, every time I look at Jacqueline Wilson book to this day, my heart just goes because I remember those, those characters being written in a way that I didn't have a perfect family situation growing up. That's the reality. But I was able to seek solace in those books because it 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 didn't show perfect 2.0, you know, family setup, new nuclear setups. So yeah, so I think that um the, like the conversation around diversity needs to go beyond what is expected and just allowing kids to be kids and allowing writers and black writers to integrate their experiences of you know of culture. Like Ade is called Ade. Like, like she is Ade is a Nigerian name. Like, and I know that sounds rude, whatever. Like that is that is done deliberate because we deserve books that have names that mirror our reality. Shanice is of a Caribbean heritage, but we talk about them Shanice going on holiday, one of the last holidays of her mum and their family to the Caribbean, and it's just so it's like that. And I think that's what it that's what it should feel like. Feel, feel seamless, not not forced. Do you know that is such a good note for us to end this discussion on? because these are universal stories and they're going to find all sorts of readers as they should. And it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for making the time to come and talk to me today. Oh, thank you for having me. And I really hope that people read your fine diaries because I have to be honest, it's, it's really good. I really did enjoy writing it and, um, and I read it back now and I'm like, wow, very proud of it. So thank you for your time. In the Reading Corner is presented by Nikki Gamble and produced by Alison Hughes. This episode is generously sponsored by HarperCollins Children's Books. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. If you would like to find out about other events and courses, visit justimagine.co.uk. Join us again in the Reading Corner on your favourite podcast platform.